coming to you, undead from the crypt. This is Adelaide Horror Podcast with Zombie Joe. <laughs> special i'm uh, turning 41 on friday so i thought i'd do an episode uh, tonight on uh, horror movies that came out in 1979 so 41 years ago and there were some pretty good titles uh and some you would recognize uh from that year uh one actually lands um pretty much two days after i was born um so i'll be talking about that and so the feature movie that I'll be reviewing on this episode is When a Stranger Calls, 1979. So this is a movie that, the reason why I'm reviewing it is in episode one, where we talked about our first uh, horror movies that we watched to kind of warm me up and to gauge how I was gonna react. Uh, my parents uh, hired, like, like I said in episode one, Orca the Killer Whale, and then if I can handle that, then they, the next movie was When a Stranger Calls. Um, and so this is what I watched. Um, when a Stranger Calls uh, has been, had a few nods to it, and one being Scream from Wes Craven. Uh, the whole scene at the beginning with Drew Barrymore, uh, and also a scene involving Neve Campbell later on in the movie, um, uh, taken from the first 20 minutes of, um, of When a Stranger Calls. So I'm going to be doing that review, and then what I'll also be doing is going through uh, the movies uh, from 1979, um, from the beginning of January right into uh, October of uh, that year. Uh, and also another special mention that came out in August uh, 1979, so a month after I was born, was uh, Fangoria, issue one. So uh, I'll be talking about uh, the... Uh, I was born at the same time as the birth of Fangoria. So how, how, how good was that? That's, uh, that's pretty good. I've been going online to see if I can get my little uh, bony hands on uh, episode one and uh, issue one and uh, yeah, try uh, $180. <laughs> $180 uh, and they're the ones that have the Godzilla poster attached to it. The ones that don't have the poster then they're, they're cheap as, but you'd have to, you want the original poster with it as well. Um, so yeah, I'm on the hunt and uh, still kind of debating whether I treat myself or not to uh, trying to get my hands on issue one. Uh, cool. So I hope everyone has uh, been having, a, uh, been staying uh, safe and well, and mentally healthy as well uh, in these uh, kind of weird, uh, kind of times that we're living in so I hope you're doing well and like I said if you if you just want to talk because you something's getting you down feel free to message me uh, on the Facebook and Instagram um, it might take a couple of days for me to get back to you because I might not initially see the message but you know I'm definitely there um, I'll definitely reply back to you um, yeah if you just want to talk or whatever um, I'm also going to add the number to uh, Lifeline as well for viewers in Australia. If you need to ring that, if you're if you're feeling stressed about what's going on, uh, definitely ring the number and look after yourself mentally as well and physically too. Okay, cool. So, 
uh, like I said, uh, the review tonight is going to be When a Stranger Calls, 1979. Uh, that came out in October, 20, uh, the 26th of October, 1979. Uh, and I was born in July, 1979, on the 24th. Uh, Amateurville Horror House came out on the 26th of July, 1979. So I came out... Uh, I was, it came out two days after uh, I was born and also at the same time ACDC uh, in July 1979 came out with Highway to Hell so <laughs> hopefully not a thing <laughs> for me but uh, yeah anyway so there's a pretty pretty cool epic little events happening around the time of my birth so that, that's pretty good 41 years ago uh, so yeah let's let's get cracking into When a Stranger Calls uh, so it was written uh, by uh, Fred Walton, and Fred Walton also wrote it as well with uh, Steve Feke, so that's F-E-K-E. -E. Uh, he went on to write in 1988, Mac and Me. Remember, <laughs> that was the pearl of that one. Uh, the little alien with the, the little bold alien and the kid, and he had the weirdest facial expressions. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google Mac and Me, uh, 1988, uh, and uh, yeah, you're going to some shits and gigs of that one that's going to be pretty funny uh, Fred Walton uh, he went on to write in uh, 1986 April Fool's Day which was the um, I saw it a few years ago um, the, the horror movie and the front cover art was the girl and she's got a, her hair in a plait but her, her plait ends in a noose and she's uh, holding a knife and yeah, yeah it's pretty cool the movie I couldn't what I can remember kind of threw me ever a bit in all directions. I couldn't quite work out what was going on. Um, and because, like I said, it's been a while since I've seen it, I'm not going to kind of start talking about it because I don't want to stuff it up because uh, I can't really remember it and I don't want to give the wrong impression on this movie. Um, all I know was that I was a bit confused by it, but then again, you know, sometimes I can be a bit of a dumbass. So it's probably, it's probably the, it's not the movie, it's me. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll, I've been interested to go back and check it out because of after seeing the, doing the research and finding out that Fred Walton was behind that. Uh, the budget for this movie was a million and it grossed 21 million globally, so it did pretty good. Um, it uh, was quite popular, as you can imagine, in the US and then kind of went into the, the, the uh, VHS sales uh, later on. Australia really didn't get to it until February 1980, so that was a summer. That was a summer movie for us uh, that came out. So a lot of people would have gone and seen it at the drive-ins. Um, not sure if, if my parents did that. They're probably busy with me, but um, uh, squawking the place down. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've got to ask my mum if she saw that. But uh, I know she knew about it, um, and that's why she introduced me to it. Uh, as a kid, so I watched this in 19, it would have been 87 or 88 when I watched this. I was, I was either, yeah, I was either eight or nine when I watched this. Um, so, uh, yeah, the runtime's an hour and a half, uh, that's including the, uh, the credits. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the two main kind of characters that I'm going to talk about in this uh, movie is the detective, who's uh, Charles uh, During, so the late Charles During. Uh, he died on the 24th of December 2012, which is a bit sad. Um, he was, I think, he was 89 uh, 
um, he was a World War Two veteran. This dude was he's a stocky bloke. Like if you if you look him up, he's a, he's a unit. And <laughs> was I was I was watching the movie today, and like I said, because I the last time I saw it was the eighties. Well, I had to I had to remember this movie because all I remember is the opening scene, and the rest of the movie I didn't really know about, and I knew there was this kind of really tense climactic ending, uh, and. I forgot the rest of the whole entire movie, and I was thinking, well, what's in the middle of this movie? Like, so I watched it, pleasantly surprised about how how I enjoyed watching it, and it's it's like I said, it's a forty one year old movie, and it holds up pretty good for that age. Um, this detective was there's a chase where he's actually chasing the killer, and he's going through a kitchen, and <laughs> the killer runs and pushes open the swing doors. And Charles Durin just rips the door off one hand, like one one of the doors just comes off. He he blows it off, like off its hinges. He does the old hip and shoulder. I'm like, what an absolute unit. So I don't know if it was designed on purpose that he pushes this door off, but I I think I think he actually just ripped the door off uh, in the middle of the scene. He hit it that hard. So uh, look out for that one if you're going to watch it. You can grab it on YouTube. Um, you just type in When a Stranger Calls 1979 full movie and it's it's there. There's another re-edit. Apparently someone else re-edited it. Instead of being a hundred uh, an hour and 37, they've actually taken half an hour out. They've just recut this movie. So it's kind of the interesting bits, which I, I thought was unusual, but I didn't, I didn't watch that one. I just watched the whole entire thing again. Um, and I don't regret that I did. So I do recommend going to uh, check this out and if you don't want to spend uh, the money I mean uh, I won't I won't go out and buy this on DVD and add it to my collection I don't love it that much um, I, I, I did enjoy it um, there's other 79 titles that I want in my DVD collection uh, but yeah not not stranger calls um, so <clears throat> Uh, yeah, like I said, you could get it on YouTube easily for free. So there you go. Uh, enjoy. That way, if you don't like it, you won't be kind of, uh, you know, cracking it over that <laughs> you spent money on it. So uh, all good. The next main actress in this is uh, Carol Kane. Um, that's her stage name. Her real name, it's, it's, a, it's a Jewish last name, and it, and it escapes me now, but... Um, it's not that it's hard to pronounce, but I, I just won't, yeah, it's, it escapes me now, so I'll just stick with Carol Kane. Um, she's, she's amazing. Like, this is, this is a 68-year-old woman. She's, she did, she did the role of Jill Johnson in A Stranger Calls. She was 26 when she did this role. And, and she's been working solid since 1971. Like, I've, I've gone through the IMDb her, her uh, film um, work and I was kind of looking for gaps and there were just no gaps it was just 71 to now like I think everyone now would know her from um, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt she plays the, the kind of kooky landlord um, or landlady um, she you would know her from the dead don't die the recent zombie movie um, with um, Driver, aka um, Kylo Ren, <laughs> cop Kylo Ren in uh, in the uh, Dead Don't Die. 
she's 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 in that one. Uh, and you also would know her from uh, Hunters with Robert De Niro. That's uh, that's on Prime Video at the moment. Uh, they play a group of uh, Nazi hunters in the 70s. And you would also know her in Gotham. She does a stint where I believe she is the Penguin's mum, uh, which is rather rather fitting that she that she plays uh, that role. Yes, so an amazing actress. Funny thing is, because I've really didn't realize it was as a kid i didn't know who carol kane was but i didn't realize that it was her when i was watching incredible unbreakable kimmy schmidt i thought that was just a voice of her actor like the character and i thought okay that's just her voice then she kind of put the voice on in gotham and i thought okay she's kind of putting it on for this one and then because you don't know whether the director just goes i'll oh, do that voice just keep doing the voice um, and then in The Dead Don't Die, it was the same situation where, you know, she had that voice, even though she's only saying one word. So when I came to watch When a Stranger Calls, uh, it's a 26-year-old Carol Kane with the same voice. Like, and I went, oh, okay, that's her voice. <laughs> that's her actual voice. It was it was really unusual. It's an unusual voice. Um, it, it's not grating. You wouldn't be annoyed by it. Um, I think at one stage when she was talking on the phone and kind of confronting the the the, the protagonist uh, on there on the phone that kept bothering her with the line "Have you checked the children?" Um, it sounded a bit weird, like she was trying to be confrontational and it and it wasn't coming out right because of her voice. But um, I found she did change it at one stage, and I thought that was a I just felt it. I noticed it. It was a bit off uh, in that scene, but uh, nothing dramatic. Like it wasn't. It doesn't make the film bad. Um, so yeah. Anyway, you know, kudos to her. I think that's a great man to to be working since 1971. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Um, and uh, considering now her age is, uh, you know, how finical kind of Hollywood and the TV industry is. Once you hit a certain age, as, as a female, you know you kind of get pushed aside a bit. But uh, when you're playing elderly roles, you're, you're playing these these kind of typecast, you know, um, pigeonholed roles. Uh, and she's not. She's uh, she's actually done. Oh, you know what? Yeah, look, I think. With, between Gotham and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, they're almost the same, but Gotham, you know, had her in dark clothing because it's Gotham. Um, and, uh, you know, because of the brooding atmosphere, you know, she's, you know, kind of looked a bit Burtonish uh, at that point. But um, in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, she's kind of that kooky... It kind of looks... They look similar, but... I, I, and in, in, in Hunters... She kind of looks always stunned, like um, she's still got her same crazy curly hair. Um, so I don't know if that's her character or that's just her acting style, and it's just the one thing. I, I still can't put my thumb on it whether that is the case or not. So, but apart from that, you know, she's yeah, good on you that she's working since '71. That's that's not bad. Cool. So when a stranger calls is basically a horror slash thriller but leaning more to a thriller rather than a full-blown horror um you can definitely probably 
show a kid that's about 10 or 11 that's interested in something a bit spooky to watch, uh, you can watch it. I never had nightmares about it. I kind of found the movie a bit fascinating. So, like I said, yeah, it's not nightmare fuel. So you can you can put this in front of a kid. They're not going to lose it. Um, yeah, so basically, like I said, the girl takes a babysitting job. She's there at the start of the movie. Uh, she gets a phone call after ringing her friend. Um, so she thinks it's her friend Bobby that's going to ring her back. Um, and sure enough, we get this this British accent, have you checked the children? And then hangs up. And so she thinks that's a bit weird and this goes on. So like I said, the opening scene for When a Stranger Calls goes for about 25 minutes. Uh, so it's this to and from between her and this guy. And she's progressively getting creeped out. And because it's her and then you've got the creepy music as well. And the house is dark and she's moving around the house. Uh, it kind of adds to the tension a little bit about, you know, what's what's going on. She thinks he's outside. Uh, is he outside? You know, it's that kind of uh, keep, keeps you, the viewer, questioning what's going on. Uh, so they build the tension pretty okay. Like, not, you're not at the edge of your seat, but, like, there's still tension. Uh, you can see what he's trying to, what he's trying to do. And, um... You know, so eventually after the third time, he goes, have you checked the children? She goes, oh, and she finally starts walking up the stairs. And, um, and she's heading towards the stairs. She's up the, she's on the second flight of stairs towards the baby, the kid's room. And the phone rings again. And, oh, you know, so she goes back down um, and, um, uh, and picks up the phone. And it's heavy, you know, and you're thinking <laughs> she was about to do that. So... Anyway, she has enough. She rings the cops. The cop says, look, you know, next time he rings, blow a whistle into the phone. They'll, they'll, they'll serve him right kind of thing. So she goes, okay, I'm going to do that. The phone rings. She doesn't do that. <laughs> and and, uh, and so she goes, no, nah, I've had enough of this. So she rings back again. And, she go, and she's a bit more spooked and goes, oh, I think he's outside. So the cop goes, look, give me your phone number. And uh, when he calls back, Keep him on the line for a minute and we'll trace the call. So, and she goes, oh, but he hangs up. You know, he doesn't stay on the phone long. And so he goes, look, just do what you have to do. Just keep him on the phone. So anyway, you know, a couple of, not even a minute or so. Um, and then phone rings, you know, have you checked the children? And uh, she goes, what do you want? And they start a convo, conversation. <coughs> It's a bit weird, and this is where his voice goes a bit high pitched, and it's really, it's really, uh, oh, it's it's still it's just a little shiver up the spine because <coughs> initially he didn't have that high pitched voice, and then it went up a bit, and and she goes, "What do you want from me?" And I won't say what he says, but when when he says it, the music and the and the tone and the high pitchedness that he says it, and her reaction. You d it does create a bit of a, a spine chill, so I'll, I'll leave that there. Uh, and then, yeah, that's uh, the phone rings again. She picks it up, and it's the cop saying, we've chased the call, get out of the house, he's in the house. And so, you know, the violin music, the, the, the freaky music again. Uh, so in order to get to the front door, she has to pass the staircase. 
and so she's looking at the staircase, she's walking to the door, she's trying to unlock the door, and you see the, the light in the bedroom door open upstairs, and then you see this like this this um, shadow on the wall of this guy's head, you know, walking towards the, the, the stairs. So she opens the door in a panic and, and uh, you know, sees another face and, and there's a big scream. And that scene is, is, is a nod and actually appears in 1996 in Scream by Wes Craven. Uh, it's uh, David Arquette standing at the front door holding the scream mask. So she opens the door, she sees the scream mask and thinks it's the killer standing there. She screams and it's not. It's, it's the cop. Well, it's the same situation in this one. It's the cop standing there. The camera pans right into his face and then you kind of freezes there and then pans back out again and it's uh, a time lapse where the patrolman is walking up and talking about um, the uh, the murders that have just occurred. So, um, and then it skips. There's a there's a line and it says seven years later. So you know there's a time lapse and then it's now following her. It's following the detective. It's following these other policemen on the case and it's now following this murderer who's called Kirk Duncan and he's been institutionalized because he got caught. Uh, at at that first opening scene, so um, he's been sent to a mental institution. He then escapes, and so the pursuit is on. He's now pursuing her to finish off the job, and uh, so she gets reminded of everything that happened that night when she was younger. Uh, so the rest of the movie is pretty much that. Uh, the second act is is her um, being haunted and then realizing. He's back, and he wants to get me and finish the job off. So that's uh, that creates its own tension, and, and it becomes a really good thriller at that point. And um, and Charles During, uh, the detective, just is just in this pursuit, this this angered hunting pursuit of uh, Kurt Duncan. Kurt Duncan, um, the the actual killer. Now. He, uh, I've got him, I'm just checking the notes where I've got him down. Uh, Tony, Tony Beckley, that's right. Um, now, Tony Beckley, he, he was, uh, he, this was his last movie. He actually died. Uh, Within two months, maybe three months of this movie, he died in the 1980s, which which 1980, which was a, a shame. It was his last movie, but he was actually in 1969 with Michael Caine for the Italian job. So it, it's a pretty, you know, he's got some good acting credits uh, behind him. Uh, so that was a shame that this was his kind of his last movie. Having said that, however, um, him playing the killer in this and the and the and the stalker and the psycho in this was really really good this guy portrayed it very well and i think he kind of tapped anthony perkins in psycho for this one like he he does this whole speech how he's untouchable like and he's not talking to anyone he's just talking to himself in the dark looking at the moon he goes i'm untouchable like and he goes into this rant and it's really off-putting like he's he's really off center like he's he's yeah he's cooked uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, he he portrayed the the role very well. And and rewatching this, I was thinking, you know what? Credit to this guy. He he does an incredible job in in being really full on. Um, and then there's this final pursuit, and then at the end, he eventually gets to the house where um, where um, Carol Kane and her family are now um, years later. And there's a bit of a showdown. So, and that's where I'll leave it. I don't. It's the 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 one twenty mark is where it all goes hard um, at the house, and I'll just leave that there. I won't spoil it. So I'll just leave that where it is. So get onto YouTube. Uh, type in when a stranger calls 1979 um, it's a bit hazy the quality isn't that great but you'll, you'll get through it but it's it's still the movie wise and the plot I think holds up for a 41 year old movie like it's it's really really good um, like I said not a nightmare fuel movie so that's good so if you're 10 year old or 9 year old wants to watch something a bit creepy with you you can definitely watch this movie with them it's not going to freak them out so uh, IMDB gave it 6 out of 10 yeah, I'll, I'll give it about, yeah, I'll give it a 7.5, uh, nearly close to 8. I think it did what it was supposed to do. I thought it was good. Um, yeah, cool. So, righty-o, moving, moving right along. Uh, I'm going to now ramble off the, the movies from 1979. Uh, these are some absolute bangers. I think you'd, you'd, the, the horror fans would know, would recognise these. Uh, however, there's some that I haven't seen, and I'm, and I'm definitely now going to go uh, and watch them after the show. Um, so, in 1979, uh, Prophecy came out in January 1990, uh, January 1, 1979. That I'm going to go check out. It's uh, got the cover art of uh, uh, a pretty sinister-looking fetus. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm going to go check that out. That's kind of piqued my interest. Uh, the other one that, I've, that I do recall in January 17th, 1979, was Nosferatu the Vampire, the, uh, the German movie. Um, also very good to uh, put on YouTube uh, the music for it and uh, listen to it while you read your favourite scary story. That's a, that's a definitely a thing to do because you will have the goosebumps doing that. Uh, it's an incredibly creepy soundtrack, um, but yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, Tourist Trap, I haven't seen. I've seen a lot of pictures for it. I've seen a lot of references to it, uh, the mannequin masks and all that kind of stuff. It's got me intrigued. I'm pretty keen to go and check it out. So uh, I'll be I'll be doing that after the show. Um, Phantasm, I, I have seen. Um, boy, <laughs> uh, that was. Um, that was a really good one. I, I liked that, and I kind of I went on this kind of once I saw the first movie, I kind of went on this phantasm binge, uh, and started you know smashing out the sequels one after another. Some were hit and miss. Some were a bit all over the place. Uh, you're gonna get that. I'm, uh, yeah, you know I, I didn't hate the series. I actually thought it was alright. You just take it as it comes. You, there's some sequels that were good and some were shit. But you know you when you watch it all together. You kind of enjoy what Phantasm was about and what the what the stories all were, and um, yeah. So I, I was pretty interested to do an episode on Phantasm, the series, later on later on down the track. So I'll be covering that. Of course, everyone knows Alien. Uh, that came out on the twenty fifth of uh, of March, nineteen seventy nine. 
uh, the brood. I, I remember I haven't seen that. That all I know is about the cover art of the hand coming out the wall grabbing the kid. I, re I remember seeing that on the on the cover of a VHS tape when I was a bit younger, and thinking, "Whoa, like, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want to be that kid." Uh, I kind of got a bit creeped out standing next to walls after that for a while. I was I was I was thinking an arm was going to come out and grab me, but eventually I moved on from it. So. But uh, yeah, definitely go and check that out, see if I can get that on YouTube. Um, uh, the Amityville Horror House, uh, Amityville, um, 26th of July, 1979. So like I said, two days after I was born, um, my parents went to go and see it at the, at the drive-in. Uh, I don't know that year, but I do re recall when my mum was talking about it and how spooked out she was and how she just remembers the the pig's eyes and the bleeding wall that that just seared into her head she's always been spooked about the amityville movie uh the italian movie zombie or zombie 2 in 1979 and that came out on the 25th of august uh, 79 and when a stranger calls came out on the 26th of october 79 so there was some there was some other um uh, good ones as well salem's lot um that was uh that came out as well uh, with the kid floating near the, you know, let me in, Danny. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was, uh, that, yeah, well, I, I remember, oh, yeah, I would have been about 11 when I saw Salem's Lot. I, that was the, the classic case of all the VHSs in one, and Salem's Lot happened to be in that pile. And, uh, and uh, yeah, boy, oh boy, that, that was, uh, that freaked me out, and and the and I saw it on TV. Um, I recorded it and watched it on TV, and remembered getting a bit spooked by it when I was a bit older. The 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 vampire looking like um, uh, Nosferatu was a good touch, and what I thought was funny was uh, when what we did in the shadows. <laughs> when they did the the Peter Peter the vampire looks exactly like him. It's it's just not blue. Uh, he's he's pretty much blue in this one, like a bluish grey colour uh, in in um, in Salem's Lot. But yeah, it was it was definitely uh, a really good uh, movie for its time, and uh, still 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 in a bit. I'm a bit creeped out still by by Salem's Lot. It, has, it still hasn't lost its touch for me. Um, especially yeah, the floating kid near the window asking to be let in, you know, and he does the smile and he's got all the fangs, you know, and the kid's going, ah, shit, this isn't my friend. Um, so yeah, and then in in August, uh, Fangoria came out. So at this point, it was published by Kerry O'Quinn, and uh, so what you could find in this magazine was Tim Silvani, uh, Silvani, thinking of a bloody Australian football player. <laughs> uh, Tom Savini. <laughs> uh, uh, he did a uh, an article on. Uh, uh, well, they said revealing his techniques. I don't think he would have gone that much into his techniques. I think there's a few techniques that he's kept close to his chest. Um, Twenty five years special on Godzilla, and hence why the Godzilla poster was in it, and Godzilla's on the front cover. They had a, f a photo preview of the Alien movie that was coming up, so which makes sense because Alien was, uh, um, so that was that was interesting. Uh, interview with Christopher Lee, so that was pretty good, and they were selling it for a dollar ninety-five back then, back in the good old times. 
when uh, when stuff then cost an arm and a leg. So yeah, that was that was pretty good. And like I said, I'm I'm on the I'm on the hunt now on eBay to try and get a decent copy of one. Uh, that would be pretty cool. Uh, so that's my little hobby project that I'm going to be doing. Uh, cool. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of uh, of Adelaide Horror Podcast. Um, happy birthday to me and <laughs> 41. And uh, yeah, just enjoying the fact that you know we've we've had all these good horror movies ever since '79, uh, uh, and I hope they come out with another 41 years of of uh, good times and good horror. So I look forward to just keep watching horror until I get really old and then I can't remember what I'm watching. Um, so yeah, so hope you all, like I said, are staying well and safe and um, and just looking after yourselves uh, mentally and physically. Um, we can all get through this. Uh, we're not alone, um, and we do have friends out there in the physical sense and also uh, in the internet and the cyber sense as well. So, if that's what it takes, you know, write to someone, talk to someone. Um, I'm here. There's also helplines in your countries as well. If you Google them, uh, yeah, definitely talk to someone if you're feeling down um, and it's affecting you. So, uh, from the crypt, I want to say stay scary, 